Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favorite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish dash tech dash news. Hi, welcome to today's Arctic Podcast. Today I'm talking with David Russell, the Chief Executive of Ideo Networks. David was back, was on here a few years ago when they were a company we used to call Host Ireland and they've rebranded and uh, they're still up in the same service. How are you doing, David? Very well. How are you? Great. Thank you. Now, before Good. we start, just recap what you guys do. So we are a connectivity business. Uh, we own and operate our own wireless infrastructure uh, in Dublin, Cork yeah. and Moon and Limerick. But we actually offer connectivity to businesses. So we are customers are everything from indigenous SMEs right up to some of the major multinationals and, and household names. Uh, what we do and how we do it differently is we're disrupting the market by offering next day installs. So we can install the very next day. We also have a real focus on our customer service. So when some of the other competitors and peers in the market are using chatbot technology or even more rudimentary web pages in the event there's an outage or there's an issue we haven't we've invested in our team and uh, trained our team up so whenever you phone elio uh, you'll get answered within 20 seconds and you'll speak to a fully trained prof- uh, engineer because for me chatbots some people say is is next big thing business you guys have more than said no you won't talk to a real person so the minute we've said no, that's not to say we won't say yes yeah. in the future, but at the minute we have said no. And the reason we've said no is because we understand what we do and how we do it and the importance of what we do. Connectivity is critical to a business's operation. Without it, you know, particularly yeah. now with digital transformation and the acceleration we saw during the pandemic, that if your connectivity goes down, it's a real challenge to be able to, to trade which is why we would always recommend you get at least two connections in, but that's a different story. In terms of the uh, chatbot piece, when you are experiencing challenges or you want to find out more, you want to be able to speak to somebody and there's loads of reasons for that, whether that be, you know, if you're in the midst of of, uh, a question or challenge, you want to make sure that, you know, you're getting somebody with empathy and can understand the problem and can escalate it. And I think fundamentally we want to know somebody is owning it and, and responsible for it. Um, and we get that feeling from speaking with somebody. So we have invested heavily in our engineering and our sales and operations team. We've trained so that when you phone Elio, you get somebody, you get a fully trained engineer or operational engineer or sales agent who will be able to help you out. For me, it's all about empathy. We spoke earlier before we started. And if you don't have empathy, how can the, how can the chatbot help the person? Yeah, absolutely. I think empathy is really, really important when it comes to this. And we will get to the point, and in fact, there is some AI and chatbot technology that does that does have empathy. Um, and actually, I recently read an article that says it's more empathetic than actual humans. But for me, I know even personally, whenever I recently returned from the US and I had some challenge, a challenge with my flights, and I could have instantly spoke to the chatbot technology on the airline's website, or I could have waited for 10 minutes and speak to somebody, and I waited for 10 minutes. Whether that's the, the right answer or not, but for me, it, I, I felt like somebody was actually answering my problem and dealing with it as opposed to getting uh, potentially lost in a system. So empathy is really, really important. And particularly, you know, as I said previously, Ronan, particularly when it comes to you know what we do and the critical nature of it, you want to make sure you're speaking to somebody and somebody's actually helping you out. Because if you're if you're on, on a chatbot, 
and then this says we're going to do this X, Y, and Z, and they don't, and then you want to make a further complaint. Who, who are we dealing with? Chatbot, and most chatbots don't have a name, or I might just read your own chatbot. And just, well, it was it was just chatbot. Where if you're dealing with the person, you've got a name you can deal with, and, they, and actually also it'll be recorded. Yeah, you've only. I mean, you you have a name and you have ownership, I suppose. Yeah. Um, you know, even think about everybody in, in in their in their own jobs. Nobody wants to. Uh, have uh, you know give somebody bad customer service nobody wants to you know do badly by somebody so that ownership and that empathy is really really important uh, you know as a customer as a business and, and that's why we feel that actually at the minute not running and implementing chatbots and AI but actually putting people on the end of the phone and what we have discovered in the research that we've conducted with speaking with our customers, and we speak with our customers regularly, right from, as I say, we operate with indigenous, you know, small SMEs, you know, two people in professional services or small hospitality yeah. and retail, right up to the, some of the largest names in consultancy, finance, tech. And regardless who you speak to, when you ask them the question, you know, how would you like to communicate with us or work with us? They say, we'd like to speak to somebody. We'd like somebody that we can get an answer from and understands our problem or what challenge or what solution we're trying to uh, um, fix. There's a good chance the person you're talking to might have been in the same scenario you've been in so they know what you're going through. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think, um, you know, in connectivity and, and what we do, uh, everybody has, um, you know, dealt with broadband companies and connectivity partners and we all kind of understand it. And there's some, some people understand it at a different technical level yeah. and can have a more meaningful question or, or sorry conversation and I suppose that's why for us when you look at our profile of that sort of small mom and pop shop right up to the multinationals that's why our team are trained and qualified so they can have a meaningful conversation with people who whose day job is to know and understand what we do and how that affects their businesses but likewise our team have the ability and need to know how to work with people who don't understand connectivity and sometimes it feels you know, a mix of jargon and, 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 and blue smoke and nobody quite understands what, what it is and they're trying to sort of pierce through to get to the end result. We, we you know, our team were trained up to, to answer those questions and once again, you get that empathy, you get that ability to have that conversation with um, with a person. I guess also like psychologists, they can read your mind and know what, what you're going to say next. Yeah, they can. And, and don't get me wrong, you know, I don't believe as a business, us or any other business will, will be in a position in, in a couple of years' time to, to ignore it. And, and we may need to, you know, we probably will, or we may need to bring in some, some additional AI and, and, and chatbot technology. It, it, it's a juggernaut that is growing momentum, and we can see that in the press today. Even this morning, Steve Wozniacki, one of the co-founders of Apple, speaks around the challenges that AI is, and is going to um, create around understanding scams and, and, you know, once again, the people who can be least afford to be affected will. So it is a juggernaut, the technology, the ability to, um, you know, to, to operate like we do with empathy, understand the problem, fixing the solution and potentially autonomously do so will happen and businesses cannot ignore that and ultimately the customer should be better off for it but right now where we're at and what our understanding is uh, and what we want to do for our customers is make sure that some that everybody has somebody to speak to within 20 seconds if they call us you know so right now the technology isn't where you want it to be no it's not and it's going to get there and i think we've all probably had fun with chat gbt4 asking yeah. it to do stories and do 
but you have a security issue too. Um, you know, your input, particularly when you, once again, when you think about what we do and you bring it back, what we are with critical infrastructure, what we do is we, we, we connect and, and, and power businesses to allow them to grow. So people are speaking and, and talking about their businesses and arguably uh, sensitive conversations. Um, so you want to think about the security piece too and make sure that when you are or if you are implementing this technology that you have the necessary security processes and protocols as well. So that's also a concern and you know that's very much in, in, in the media at the minute from some of the you know top names in tech talking around the challenges around AI in terms of societal change it's going to create, the, the um, challenges it's going to create around um, uh, the technology itself and how, and how that's going to roll out. Uh, but also around the, uh, the the cyber security issue as well. well for you, I'm looking at Samsung recently. They had some of their uh, coders and the uh, developers were actually developing using ChatGPT, and they didn't know that basically because it's because it's basically an open sandbox. All the data that keyed in is going back to ChatGPT, and they can see what they're doing and, and that to me is proprietary and you shouldn't be seen by anybody but yourselves. No, it will exactly and I think that's down to how, how AI is learning, isn't yeah. it? It's around, you know, it learns from the information that is inputted. So um, when you're putting information into the system, you know, it's, it's going to store that, learn from that and, and use that to answer questions as it, as it becomes yeah. smarter. And, you know, InfoSec, CISOs, security are all focusing in this and there's a growing mind. I mean, we, we follow similar processes and policies here that you cannot use chat GPT for, 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 for what, for your day job and yeah. for what you do, because it's learning and the, you know, the, the, the security issues around that. So it's, it, it's a real problem and it's, it, it's a real conversation that's started to grow momentum. For me, it's like maybe Lamar man, when the guy Sydney, Sydney gets all this knowledge and, and, Every, everything in the world he knows soon about everything that's going on and he used that to abuse his power and that's what we don't want. No, and I think that's the, 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 the exact thing that um, a lot of the tech leads, you know, Elon Musk is probably the most known um, around, you know, the, the, the open letter to pause. You I mean, there's there's requests and asks to instantly pause the work being done in chat GPT-5 because the fear is what could happen with the information that it can pull, you know, you saw the head of Google uh, AI last week resign yeah. and, and warn us all of, of, you know, we're very close to AI getting smarter than we are. And we really are entering sort of Terminator days of, yeah. of, of uh, you know, the machines taking over and all that. So, so we, there obviously is a real, I mean, being slightly dramatic around it. And actually to, on that note, I suppose, the other thing I was reading this morning, it is polarizing the tech leads and you yeah. have like Elon Musk and others saying we got to stop, we got to refocus, we got to rethink with this, and there's others saying, look, it's massively overhyped. We need to yeah. calm down. It's not going to be as dramatic. So it's a very, very interesting conversation. But for us, in terms of you know, we started this conversation talking about chatbots and and how that and how we implemented and the fact as a business we've decided not yeah. to go down that route, and that's very much focused on our customer service right now. Well, I look at Elon Musk. He was a guy. He helped. He was a, one of the founders of ChatGPT, mm. and he left. So I'm thinking, he's and, and right now he's polarizing himself, and, and what he's done with Twitter. So I'm thinking, there's a guy who's polarizing with with Twitter, and I was doing it again with with chatbots. What's his end game? He he would claim so obviously don't know him. I can't speak yeah. to him, but his, his argument was that he's doing it for humanity and doing it for society. I don't know what his end game yeah. is. Um, obviously, you know you have a lot of 
uh, important people within the sector all advocating that we need to stop and we need to pause and we need to hold, hold back until we understand what the technology can do and what effects it will have on humanity and society at large. So it's a very, very interesting time to be alive and it's a very interesting conversation to, to be part of. And to because do, with the open letter, when it came out, when Ashley Wozniak on it, I said, that's a guy that I can trust because he's never done anything that polarizes you. Yeah. And he's a decent guy. And then I'm thinking, okay, you've got him. Then the other side of the tech, you've got Musk, who's polarizing, so they can, well, if these guys come together, there must be a reason why. Yeah, I mean, there has to, you know, there is a real, you know, those in the know have a real concern yeah. uh, and I think we have to acknowledge that and we have to stand up to that and, and, and sort of ask why are why are they so concerned around the juggernaut and the advances around AI and, and the technology that is, is rolling out you know to write an open letter to to ask to instantly pause yeah. the development of AI until we can refocus our attention and figure out what effect it's going to have. That's a pretty strong message. It's not around can we slow it down yeah. or can we look at it a different way. It's can we stop it yeah. until we understand the effects this will have. And then when the guy from Google resigned as well, that, that to me says when that's happening, things are getting serious. Yeah, they could do. But we, we on the same note, we have to understand it better. It's not going to stop. No, I agree. Um, it's not going anywhere. Um, it's going to increase momentum. We're just, you know, we are at a very at the beginning of a very steep curve around uh, advances in technology and what it means for us in our everyday lives. And you know, I'm just <clears throat> fortunate enough to be a new father to, yeah. to to two boys, and they're three months old. And I think, what sort of world are they going to live in when I was born uh, nearly forty years ago? The internet didn't exist, yeah. let alone anything else. So you can, own, and you know, technology and innovation is growing momentum faster than it ever has. So you do wonder what sort of world they're going to be in when they're my age. And you think I'm thinking of the movie War Games, where you had at the end a computer that, that, that was playing, and it had AI, and then it was it was then told, well, you can't always win. You can't always win, and and I suppose we're very quick to to go to the negative of what AI yeah. could do and the fear factor and. We've seen Hollywood tell us these stories, you know, for the last 20, 30 years. But likewise, it's going to revolutionize so many different parts of our lives, not just from customer service, but from, you know, yeah. the medical field. Um, you know, they feel AI and, and the ability, you know, what its ability can do will cure diseases that human mind probably just couldn't, you know, we just couldn't get our head around. It's going to revolutionize how we interact and communicate with one another it's going to revolutionize how we we, we we operate on a daily basis so i think it's got incredible you know other things you know in the environment and how we may sort out the global warming and, and the list is endless so it's going it, yes it's very easy to go to the fear factor and the concern and the worry around it but actually likewise we should be thinking around what the positives of ai and the invest and the the, the growth that it could do for society and humanity at large he recently did an interview with a guy called Dr. Luca Marchetti. I, I listened to it, very yeah. good. And uh, when he, he's talking about it's tech for good, and I like what he, his AI says, it's not going to be used by any government bodies because the moment the government uses that, they control the data. And he says, I want to make sure that the, the AI is used for a common purpose. So for example, he's, his main view with the environment, if you can use it in an environment where uh, people can say, oh, oh, like a canary in a coal mine, that kind of thing. So it's used and it can tell you, oh, the... Uh, the air levels aren't aren't good at the moment. Therefore, stay clear of that that place 
or so forth. Like years ago when I was in Japan, in, in the 85, I remember I was going to the bus in the airport and I saw policemen wearing a mask on the underpaid because how bad the smog was. And that just says something. Yeah, it does. And I suppose that's where it, it, it can be used for good. Yeah. And I also think, I also, if I'm totally honest, put, put a little bit of a selfish hat on, I think about the advances of AI and technology and digital transformation at large. And the wonderful thing that underpins it all is connectivity, what yeah. we do. Yeah. You cannot do any of this if you're not connected. Yeah. So. And, uh, yeah and, and also, I remember years ago when I was a kid, my father had transistor radio and he used to put it on my cot. And I, I'd listen to, uh, to, to the radio people talking and keep me content because there's someone talking. And I couldn't talk back to those too young, but it was listen to that. I'm thinking about AI soon. You'll have an AI kind of thing doing that for kids. Oh, and then, absolutely. And yeah. then they'll talk back to it and everything else and, and yeah. think about, I have that, and it didn't do me any harm. Yep. I've, I mean, how the, the, the impact it's going to have on our children, both positive and negative, I think is yet to be yet to be played out. But yeah, it's definitely going to be. Remember, I, I was telling my parents, I'd be looking around the room. Where did boys come from? I couldn't. I couldn't see anybody. You know, oh, and the radio was was like hanging outside the car. I couldn't see it, and, and I was looking around, and then I was just sitting in the back, listening to the BBC World Service, smiling away, and listening to all these all these different topics that were uh, played for them. Thinking this was kind of interesting. And my father goes, "Yeah, well, it kept you quiet." Well, without knowing it, you're probably a mind of information around all the World Service was telling you at the time. If you if you delve into your into your memories, you might God knows what you'll uncover. From, well, from, why, from listening to the World Service sure, for all those years. That's why right now I'm very good at quizzes. I'm like a walking Wikipedia, so I'm thinking that's what happened. <laughs> I, can, I can see kids that have been when that age. Like Superman, when, when, when in the movie, when he was going through to Krypton, he was, he was on, his, on his plane going to Earth and had these crystals that were playing in the history of that. So when he got there, he knew everything about it. And I can see AI with young kids doing that for them. So when they're with three years of age, they can play like Mozart or something like that. God, well, I think that brings up another uh, interesting point around it, and we have, you know, once again, the conversations happening now around uh, universities and schools. They're not having to think about how they examine, particularly yeah. in coursework, but in general, you know, your examination, your, you know, whether that be, and we've all, at some point in our, in our educational careers, have had to write essays and submit coursework, yeah. and that can all now done be done by AI. So, yeah. how can you? Uh, mark and 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 uh, uh, you know so you know mark and and, and uh, schools are uh, uh, how can how can schools accredit people if it can all be done with AI? Yeah. So they're having to rethink that, which which is interesting. So it could upend our education how we we, we mark. Well, you could say that the kid could say, well, actually, I programmed the AI to do this. So surely that's that's giving me something. You could. That's yeah. a total different. Um, you know, I'm thinking more rounds of you're studying your history, leaving cert, yeah. or you're doing something around philosophy and at college or whatnot, or or even down to coding and, yeah. and graphic design, and so every single um, subject. Yeah all will have be impacted by the advances of an AI from an educational perspective and how that is going to be marked. So universities have to totally rethink that. So yeah. that, I mean, that's another interesting. So every, t you know, every sort of, it's like an onion, every time you peel a layer and you, you bring the conversation, because we started this conversation talking about chatbots, but every time you peel a layer, you just get another piece yeah. of interest. And it's just, it's an incredible time to be alive around it and, and to think about. And what, then at the end of it, when you peel some layers of young and you start crying. And it's, either, yes, it's either tears of joy or tears of sadness because you know hopefully it's tears of joy yeah. hopefully tears of joy yeah uh, but yeah it's an interesting time I'm thinking in, in some ways what I can do is if you're somebody working in a job and uh, you've got and half your day is doing immediate tasks 
like respond to emails or, or keen in data. If you're told, oh, the AI can do this for you, and it means that there's less chance of human error occurring, so we won't get sued or anything else. And what it does mean is you can do what you're good at best. You've got your degree. Why should somebody who's got a degree or a master's level degree, whatever it has, be suddenly been told, oh, half a day is going to be keen in data when you're more than that? Yeah, you are, and I think that's where it can. But on the flip side of that, AI could affect those who can least afford to be affected. Yeah. Um, you know, we saw it to go back into the history books and the Industrial Revolution at the time of you know, steam power and, and eventually the internal combustion engine. That replaced many jobs yeah. and did lead to some societal changes and, and societal um, challenges. So we as a, as a society and as a country and as a, as a pot world need to just figure that one out too. What could happen as a result of those job losses and, and changes to people's living standards and, and, and way of life? So it's got so many positives, so many negatives. And I ultimately, I think that's where that sort of open letter is coming from. Is yeah. We don't quite know what this could do until we do know what the effects, which are a multitude, a spectrum yeah. that we've covered uh, uh, we've covered off in, in the course of this conversation, that's going to be it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Because I'm thinking like 40 years ago, creatives didn't really exist. They, were, they existed, but they weren't what they are now. And what they were doing, they had technology they had, you couldn't do it. If you were someone like myself, you'd have you'd carry around you a phone, you'd have a recording device, so camera, different things. Where now it's all in one of the small smartphone. Mm-hmm. And you have an idea like 34 years ago, if you want to watch something that was interesting, you had to watch it on TV station. Now you can go on YouTube and you get guys that can create content directly for you. But not only a TV station, you had to schedule your day to make yeah. sure you were there at 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. or whatever time it was on. Um, yeah. So yeah. So there's been huge change, but that's just the, the 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 tip of the iceberg. It feels from where we are going to get to yeah. with the, the 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 work that's going on at the well, moment. Well, to me, it's kind of created uh, new jobs. People that you you can, there's jobs that they can create. You can create jobs. I'm thinking AI, in a sense, in the end, will kind of help that as well because it will make sure that the jobs that you are doing is something that you're good at, and not what you're bad at. Oh, absolutely, and it's going to create jobs that we don't know exist. Yeah. So. My job today, running a telecommunications company when I was born, didn't exist. We didn't exist. This yeah. technology didn't exist. Um, connectivity was in its infancy. The World Wide Web hadn't even been created. So absolutely, jobs and opportunity will come from it. What they look like, I do not know. But And I think that's part of that interesting conversation. Yeah, I've seen in America, there's a restaurant in New York that has a robot that, mm. that flips cooks burgers. And also, there's most in America, there's a robot lawyer that takes care of speeding fines. Well, law is going to be an interesting yeah. piece for around AI because the the, implement, the um, understanding of the law yeah. requires a lot of thought. Well, if computers can do that for you and get to the end result and give you all the different scenarios and, and, and interpret, particularly in common law, which yeah. obviously we have in this country, um, and interpret the the outcome and the, like that's going to be interesting. And even you know judgments and and courts and. You're going to get a much more probably rational judgment through machine learning and AI than than you would from a human being. Yeah. But then that flips back to the empathy piece of are we going to lose that, uh, you know, in society? So, yeah, well, I'm looking in fact as well that when when you have, for example, uh, when you when you have a, a go to lawyer, he'll give you one opinion, another lawyer give you different, different yeah. opinion. So you're getting different opinions, and they're all legally sound. But when it comes to AI, is it going to say well all your you have to just 
follow one exact thing and this is what I'm saying and everything else that you're thinking doesn't exist anymore probably well possibly I think I think at the minute for example the technology we have that's probably the case but once again you know thinking about it when empathy becomes part of of its operation that'll probably change and you know understanding the yeah. nuances of the situation and trying to apply it and so forth so don't know the answer to that question but yeah. it's certainly going to be interesting and to, to me see. also I'm thinking of they are is it going to have to persona the person program data they're going to program what they would do so when you get it it could be biased well our, our, um, you could argue that yes there will be at one stage like like all all life has to be created at some point but eventually it will take over and AI will start to uh, develop itself and humanity and humans won't be needed to code or develop it will do it itself because I'm thinking right now when it starts off right now we have an Adam Eve scenario at the moment where you fall sitting rules and suddenly somebody bites the apple not yeah. computer bites the apple <laughs> and see when the apple is bitten they suddenly can think for themselves they can yeah. and I suppose that but I think hopefully the protection of humanity will have is you know in a very rudimentary way you can always pull the plug yeah hopefully unlike in the movie Lama Man where you could, that couldn't happen no that's yeah. very true and you don't want a scenario where you uh, also you're thinking of Terminator where suddenly you've got Skynet and then it's it's man versus machine yeah that that would be concerning but I bring it back to the to the positive opportunity around imagine what machine learning AI uh, we'll be able to do from a medical field or from an environmental yeah. field. It is going to answer questions that we can't get our head around. It's going to, you know, reach decisions and give it and and be able to do things that you know through our bias and prejudice or selfishness that we arguably can't do at the minute. It's going to think differently. It's going to give answers that we just can't compute. So there will be a lot of benefits and positives. It's just how we manage it going forward. Right now, I'm thinking of somebody who is a. Uh because I'm not going to cancer treatment, and what it, you're now getting AI used to detect cancers quicker than a human can do that, and what it means that the, the turnaround of getting the results from your biopsy back is going to be a lot quicker, and also, mm -hmm. and I'm thinking AI like that, Megafree said that's what it's going to benefit you, and is good, but I'm always worried they're going to make sure that that, that technology you agree with medical field and everything else, and then about cancer for example, and biopsies, and it can tell you very quickly, oh yeah, there's a problem there, that's fine. And also, it lessens human error because there is times when human error will happen. If you're an overworked doctor, that can happen. And if you, if you can lessen that effect, that's great. But also, I think we've got to make sure that we have to get the buy-in. Everyone has to come along with it along the journey. We can't have people suddenly dropping off like fleas because they don't believe in it. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, tech technology in general it, it is it's, it's like that. Um, but I don't think people are going to have a choice. A lot like... You know where we are at the minute the use yeah. of of um technology the fact that everything has changed you know i think even to my own parents and their life and the changes they've had to made from make from the you know 60s and 70s when they were growing up to now where yeah. you know you don't you don't go into your local branch to to, to cash your check or or, or or withdraw cash everything is is digital it's yeah. all electronic it's it's, it's a total change. So there's an element where people need to come along with it and not drop off the flies. But likewise, once that momentum, perpetual men, momentum starts to build, you will have no choice. Yeah. And the thing is, you've got to make sure that when you've got no choice, uh, at that point, you're more or less, when you have to, to, to go along with it, you're happy with it because you, you've been led along the way and suddenly everything is plain to you. It's easy. You don't want someone where you're suddenly, like my father years ago, when he was on that banking, you have to key in this, uh, get this little card, hope reader, and you have to key his number in. 
And Matt Banker never had to do that. He had to do it with his name. And that was some, for him, it was annoying having that. Yeah, so for me, it's face recognition. Yeah. You know, I open my bank in my app with my face. Yeah, me too. And also with my with my phone now, it recognizes me uh, wearing a mask or not a mask. Yeah, that's and, right. And that's what I'm, I'm thinking that's great. And I'll say with the, with the watch, it can, if, if it knows you, you're wearing a your watch as yours, it knows, oh, basically, he's blown into there for he's got the, he's got a mask, and I don't care because it's Tim, because I can know by, by the watch. Yep. And that to me is great. But it's again, said if, if you get the buy in, people are, are brought along, and they're not trying to kick and scream, but they're brought along slowly, and then they realize, well, we are where we are now, but I'm happy to go along with it because I've been reassured. Yeah, and that's the job of the tech companies and government and so forth. And once again, it's thinking back to, to, to a lot of the conversations that are happening in the minute around. You know, are we making the right decisions around the advancement of technology and AI? You know, are we protecting people, the most vulnerable? Are we reassuring those? So I think that's all part of the conversation that's happening at the minute. And also because technology has been used more and more, like if you want to, if you're dealing with the government department, like so social welfare, a lot of it now is now going towards, you have to use a mobile device or a laptop or computer to do it. And because everyone's now got a mobile device, it's easy, you don't have to have a computer to do things, but you got to make sure that when you tell them they have to use a smartphone, you got to make sure that they've been told how to do it. And the buying is there, so this is what you have to use. You have to use your computer to do this or your, or your, or your mobile, mobile phone. But we're going to make sure that you understand how to use and you understand what's going on. So you, you certainly not left, left in the dark. Well, we see that right now with the GA and GA yeah. Go. Um, you, you know, recently it was in the media around the challenges for, you know, I think the media is, is picturing it as older people trying to access it, but people in general trying to access to watch the, yeah. the, the, the football or hurling games. And even, I believe there's a bit of a movement to try and bring cash back in. I think the GA got rid of cash or some of the, maybe Cook Park or some of the stadiums uh, got rid of uh, when to cash was payment and, you know, that's there's a certain uh, part of society that want to retain cash and don't really know how to use you know cashless transactions and cashless means of paying um so once again you've got to make sure that people are protected and that everybody to yeah. your point ronan you know can can be brought along on on the journey remember last year the army navy game in, 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 at the viva it was it was basically car only no, no cash and the uh, and then suddenly the the uh, technology went down so everyone had to get free. Had to get the food drink for free because they couldn't. They couldn't take cash. No, and, and you you stumbled upon you know bringing it back to connectivity. Um, to to be opportunistic around that that point, we would always argue that every business, particularly someone like the Aviva, but every business should have multiple different connections, yeah. multiple different partners, multiple you know true resilience. Once your connection goes down, you can't operate. Um, so we, for example, in Elio, will always advocate that people have multiple different forms of connectivity. Fiber and wireless are the two options that we will do. You can manage them. You can do IP manage failover, yeah. load balance them. But fundamentally, yeah, once you're from all the technologies we spoke of today, all the challenges, fundamentally, connectivity is required to do it all. And if you don't have a robust connectivity solution with true resilience, and once one, if that fails, which it can happen, then you're really snookered. Yeah. So all of the advances are pointless. And especially if you're using if you're using the device and your ticket is t your, t your ticket is basically on your phone, and you and you kind of scan it in. Yeah. How yeah. It yeah. You're 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 in the door and and the provider can't do anything around it. And, I and think then suddenly a, a big queue is forming. And how do you know that ticket genuine or not? Because you know it could be photoshopped, could be fake. You don't know. Yeah. And it could be somebody. 
uh, emailing a friend, this is, this is my copy, use that to get in. You could do, and, and that creates a lot of challenges. But there is solutions to these problems. One you know, very basic solution is if you are reliant on connectivity for anything in your business, you should ha- you should you should never nickel and dime your connectivity. You should take it very seriously. Yeah. You know your connectivity partner is probably one of the most important relationships and partnerships you will have, and you need to think about it as a business. You need to make sure that you're investing in it properly. That you have multiple forms of connectivity, uh, resilience, um, because you know to your point around the the Viva, the moment you lose it, yeah, you can't do anything. Well, to me, it's like hospital. They, if the power goes, they've got backup generators in place. So 100%. So if they've got that connectivity, you've got to make sure there's always something there just in case. 100%. And, you know, that's a very good example. Um, not just hospitals, but any, any everything from critical infrastructure like hospitals yeah. right down to hospitality like hotels. A lot of hotels with backup generators for the same reason. They can't have their customers sitting in the darkness. Well, likewise, a, a hotel shouldn't have their customers sitting unconnected. Everybody's there with connected devices, whether that be watching Netflix in the hotel room or, or using audiovisual or connecting yeah. for, for, for a business conference. You know, and you take that back to your example. If you think about hospitals, you think about the HSE hack, you know, yeah. and what it did, but even hospitals themselves and how connected they are and the digital transformation that's happened in, in the healthcare sector, unless you have a proper resilient connectivity solution, then you're in trouble. Yeah. And on that note, uh, I'll say thanks for a great conversation, David, and uh, good luck in the future. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore tech news, on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News, on LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news, on Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE, and on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.